Welcome back to Daf HaShivua. This week we're going to be learning Mesech Sivamos Daf Ayin Aleph and continuing our conversation about the halachic ramifications of somebody that is uh, somebody that's halachically defined as an RL based on the Machlokes Rishonim that we had last week between Rabbeinu Tam and Rashi as to what the root cause is of this individual who is an RL. Is it because... The person, for one reason or another, something, some sort of unforeseen circumstances that uh, that this person didn't go ahead and get a bris milah, or because simply uh, they decided not to, they elected not to, they chose not to, they didn't want to join uh, Klal Yisrael, and what the nature of this uh, this person who is an RL uh, actually is, and what, uh, once again, the halakhic ramifications of him being an RL are. Our Gemara uh, begins, uh, in which we have a... Uh, a brisa that jumps off of what Rabbi Eliezer taught uh, on Daf Ayin, where Rabbi Eliezer told us that the source that an Aurel cannot eat truma is Xerah Shava from the words Sachir and Tosha. That the Pasik teaches us with regards to Korban Pesach that the Torah, te- uh, the Torah tells us Tosha v'sachir lo yochalbo, that a Toshav and a Sachir cannot eat Korban Pesach. And the Pasik that teaches us about truma, the Torah tells us. Toshav Kohen Visachir Lo Yochal Kodesh. And we learn from the Xir Shava that just like it's Usr for an Aral to eat Korban Pesach, it's Usr for an Aral to go ahead and to eat Truma. Rabbi Kiva learns from another source that an Aral is disqualified from eating Truma that is based on a Pasak of Ish Ish Mizera Aron, Lo Yochal. So we have a person who is from the Zera of Aron, from the offspring of Aron Kohen, or he has some sort of deficiency or some sort of blemish, and Bakodashim. Uh, He's not allowed to eat uh, anything that is uh, anything that's holy. And the extra word ish says Rabbi Akiva is Larabos S Harel comes to include the RL who can't eat truma. In addition, this uh, this uh, this uh, reboy, this addition comes uh, to teach us that in addition to someone who is tame, this person. Um, uh, cannot eat truma. So a person that's tame and a person who finds himself to be an aral cannot eat truma. The Gemara then begins to discuss who some of the other people are that can't eat truma. The onain being one of them, but concludes that an onain is allowed to eat truma and discusses some of the differences between the disqualification of an aral and the disqualification of an onain with uh, with regards to uh, why or how or when they are going to be able to eat truma. Rabbi Kiva comes along. Uh, again, and teaches two other limudim from the words Toshav Visachir with regards to Korban Pesach. And he points out that a ger that was mal velo taval cannot eat Korban Pesach because he's not considered to be a ger. And a child who is nolad mahul, the child for uh, was born, circumcised, he was born and he didn't uh, need a bris milah. He was already uh, what we refer to in uh, in. Uh, the world of learning as he was gemalt, he, uh, he didn't need a bris milah. He was born circumcised. So says Rabbi Akiva, he needs what we refer to as hatafas dam bris. We have to uh, extract a little bit of blood from the makom hamila. And uh, until then, he's not going to be allowed to go ahead and to eat Korban Pesach. Rabbi Eliezer comes along and disagrees with Rabbi Akiva on both fronts and holds that a ger that was malavalo taval is actually a ger and a baby that was born mahul does not need uh, hatafas dam bris. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, he seems to uh, allow... Uh, for a little bit more uh, over here with regards to eating Korban Pesach. And uh, once again, Rabbi Eliezer would allow this uh, ger, that's Mavlo Taval, and this baby who's born Mahol to go ahead and to uh, and to eat the Korban Pesach. The question then arises, 
within the concept of Hatafas Dambris as to the Lumdus, the background of this, uh, this concept of taking away uh, and taking out a little bit of blood from the Makomamila. So does this actually count as a bris milah? If so, what bracha would we make? And uh, let's say we have a potential convert who is already circumcised. What do we do in such a situation uh, in which this person needs to go ahead and this person has to have a toughest ambris done? So do we make a bracha? What bracha do we make? What is his role? What is his status uh, halachically when it comes to this person? So interestingly enough, the Rambam and Hilchos Trumos and in Hilchos Milah, Paskins, that a baby that's born, Nolad Mohu, does require a toughest dambris. And then, later on in Hilchas Trumos, the Rambam says that he's allowed to go ahead and he's allowed to eat truma. So it must be that there's a chi of milah without what we refer to as a shame arel. So could those two things uh, exist simultaneously to have a chi of milah but not a shame arel. So again, that's what the Gemara discusses over here, and it seems to be that that is the case. This person has a chi of milah. He has to go ahead and he has to have some sort of hatafas uh, dam, he has to have some sort of blood extracted, but at the same time, he's not going to be considered to be a full-fledged RL, a full-fledged uncircumcised person, being that he, uh, that he does have a circumcision. He does not uh, still have a foreskin on his body. The Gemara then goes on to discuss a question regarding uh, being uh, being sach, anointing a baby that's less than eight days old with truma oil. Let's say we have a baby who's a Kohen and the baby is in his sixth or seventh day before a bris milah and the baby uh, is uh, not yet up to having a bris milah. He has to wait, obviously, until ubayom hashmini yemol besar or So The question the Gemara deals with is, are we allowed to lather this baby with truma oil? Obviously, we can't feed him uh, french fries. We can't feed him other things that have truma oil, but are we allowed to anoint this baby with truma oil? And the Gemara wants to know, do we say that since there's no chi of mila yet, the baby isn't considered to be an arel? Or is whether or not the chi of mila kicked in irrelevant, and as long as the baby isn't circumcised, the baby would be an arel? And the Gemara brings proof, proofs back and forth from different prices as to why it would be a problem or why it wouldn't be a problem. And... Um, uses different proofs from the father's role in ensuring his son has a bris milah and a slave owner's role in ensuring his avadim have a bris milah. And both of these must happen in order for the father and the owner, respectively, to go ahead and eat Korban Pesach. We know that if a father has a son who uh, is uh, d- does not have a bris milah, the father can't eat the Korban. If an owner of slaves has a slave that doesn't have a bris milah, he can't go ahead and eat Korban Pesach. And the Tanakam holds that the child is considered to be an RL, even Toch Shmona, and therefore the father is disqualified Bishas Achila. So if the father, and this is a very complicated uh, discussion that the Gemara has over here with regards to the uh, the uh, the way in which the Korban Pesach was shechted, and then the Korban Pesach was eaten. But basically, what the Gemara concludes over here is that that child within eight days uh, would be required uh, again to wait until he gets a bris and within those eight days, he's going to be uh, he's going to be an RL. It's interesting to note that when it comes to uh, this uh, this baby and whether or not. Uh, a child is going to be considered to be 
um, in Aurel or not. Uh, and some of the uh, ramifications of giving a child a bris milah, there's a comment that's made by the Rambam at the end of Perak Aleph of Hilchos Milah, that the Rambam basically describes that milah on day eight is something we have to be extremely careful about um, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to a child, when it comes to the sickness uh, that could potentially uh, ensue as a result of giving a, uh, a baby who's eight days old this, uh, this surgery. And the Rambam says the following thing, and I'm going to read it inside because it's so uh, sharp and it's something that's so uh, important for us to be aware of. But the Rambam says in the, uh, in the last halacha, in the first parak of Hilchus Mila, Ein malin ein bo shum We're only allowed to give a Mila to a baby that has absolutely no uh, sicknesses. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not chola at all. Shesakanos nefashos doch esakol. That the danger of this baby not being able to heal or having a jaundice or some other uh, reason, some fever or some uh, virus perhaps, the baby's not allowed to have a bris milah, that Sakaris uh, Nefashos is going to be Docha Es Hakol. And then the Rambam has a very sharp uh, line where the Rambam says, V'efshar Lomul La'acharzman. If you are going to give a baby a bris milah on day 9 or day 10 or day 11 or day 12, that's fine. That you can uh, delay the bris milah should one have to delay the bris milah. But then the Rambam says, V'efshar La'achzir Nefesh Achas M'Yisrael La'olam. But if chas v'shalom, something were to go wrong and you were to uh, give the baby a bris milah and the baby can't heal or the baby has uh, some sort of other issue, so says the Rambam that if we were to kill chas v'shalom, this baby, that we would never able to be able to be bring him, uh, we would never be able to bring him back. So according to the Rambam over here, we have to make sure to be very careful when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, milah to uh, to do it in a very careful and in a very safe uh, manner because of this concept of sakanas nefashos docha esakol and if we need to push off uh, a bris so we'll push off a bris to make sure that the baby can uh, indeed handle that surgery. The Gemara then continues and Rava comes along and says that the Pasuk of himolo kol zachar v'azi karev lasoso cannot be referring to within the first eight days of a baby's life. He claims the Brisa must be speaking, R- Rava claims, the Brisa must be speaking of a child that is already eight days old and is not, um, uh, um, doesn't have an Orla Shalobizmana. And the Gemara gives five illustrations of how we can have an issue of uh, a Milas Zacharov in the evening, Bishas Achila, but not in the Shas Asiya in the afternoon offering of the Korban Pesach. So the Gemara again gives these five cases where when it when the korban was shechted, the baby was not able to uh, to have a bris milah. But now, when the korban is about to be eaten, uh, the baby seems to be okay to have a bris milah. And the Gemara gives these five cases. Um, perhaps the baby was exempt uh, from milah b'shas asiya, but now, once again, he's fit for milah b'shas achila. And the Gzeir Shava teaches us that the father is nonetheless disqualified from eating the korban pesach because at the shas asiya, the baby was still considered to be uh, the baby was considered to be an aral. So the Gemara goes on uh, to discuss some of the other dinam of an RL, and the Gemara comments that an RL who is tummy mace can have mechatas sprinkled on him prior to uh, prior to Mila, based on the fact that Bnei Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, and when we entered Eretz Yisrael, they were able to be sprinkled on with this mechatas and purified while they were still Arelim. They didn't have their final step of, uh, of Mila, and as a result, they uh, were still considered to be uh, Arelim, and uh, they had mechatas sprayed on them. And we learn from there that if an RL is Tamei Mace, we are able to um, spritz him with the mechatas. The Gemara continues and discusses 
this mitzvah of Mila and what the different uh, aspects of the mitzvah of Mila are. And the Gemara presents us with uh, the Mila, the actual cutting of the foreskin, and then what the Gemara refers to and what Halacha refers to as what is uh, colloquially defined as Priya. Priya basically means when a person takes their nails and sticks their nails and removes the membrane uh, that's uh, that's over the crown of the aver, and uh, that is the final step of uh, that is the final step of mila. So the Gemara tells us that based on the pasuk, Avram Avinu was only given the mitzvah of mila, and only at the time of Yoshua was the mitzvah of priya given based on the. The, the psukim in, uh, in Perak Hay of Sefer Yoshua, where Hashem commands Yoshua to go ahead and to perform Priya for the males uh, of the generations that were entering into uh, Eretz Yisrael. So what we see is, is that Priya is this secondary step of Mila. It's not the removal of the foreskin, but it's rather the ability to allow the, uh, the baby to be officially mahul, officially uh, in the, uh, with the label of having a bris Mila. And uh, Priya is this final step uh, of Mila. So these two aspects of Mila and Priya make up the mitzvah of Mila in its entirety. And we know that the mitzvah of Mila is Docha Shabbos. But the question becomes, is one allowed to perform the Mila in its entirety? Or maybe only the initial stages so that the child is not considered to be an RL and then complete the Mila with the Priya at the conclusion of Shabbos. Again, are we going to be able to uh, do all of the steps of Mila to uh, to allow this baby to have this opportunity to not be uh, an RL on day eight? So the Ramah in Simon Ayin Vav in his Shalas and Shuvis questions whether Priya should override Shabbos in the same manner that Mila does. And he, the Ramah comes to the conclusion that Priya is as essential of uh, as essential a component of Mila as uh, as anything else, and the guidelines of Mila and its capacity to override Shabbos apply equally to Mila and to Priya. And had Priya been an addendum, you might wonder about the Ramah's reasoning. And many Rishonim actually uh, do justify the fact that Priya overrides Shabbos, which is based on the Mishnah Masechah Shabbos on Daf Kuf Lamed Gimel Amid Aleph, where the Mishnah tells us that all aspects of Mila, including the Priya uh, and including all of the other carrying and all of the other um, things that go into making sure that uh, that the baby can be comfortable, that the baby can heal, all of that is going to override Shabbos, which is the uh, the, the the topic of the parak of Rebbe Lazar de Mila, where the Gemara basically describes the fact that a person can take the Izemel, a person can take the uh, bris Mila knife and carry it on Shabbos in order to go perform a bris Mila, potentially even heat up hot water for the baby to, uh, to go ahead and heal. And all aspects of Mila are going to be Docha Shabbos, and then the Mishnah, a few daf later, described that if one didn't do the Priya, it's as if no Mila was done. And this is actually the approach of the Rif and the Rambam and the Rosh and all of the other Rishonim, ultimately the Shulchan Aruch in uh, Yoridea Rish Samachvav, who paskins that the entire process of Mila is going to be Docha Shabbos. So what we learn from the end of the daf before we go uh, into the world of Priya a little bit more, Bi'iyun, is that the world of Priya is part and parcel of the entire Mila process. 
that granted Mila is done with the removal of the foreskin, but all of the other um, sinews and the tzitzit ha'me'akvin, the other parts of the uh, of the Mila that need to be done in order for the Mila to be complete, are all going to be Docha Shabbos. So a person shouldn't go ahead and say, oh, we'll do the Priya afterwards, because at the end of the day, that's not such a vital component of the mitzvah of Mila. Says the Ramah, says the Rambam, says the Shulchan Aruch, the Rif, the Rush, all of the other Rishonim know that if a person goes ahead and does say that, then they're leaving their child as an RL, they're leaving their child as somebody who is uncircumcised when they do have a chiv of being circumcised, then that would be a big transgression. We wouldn't want to find ourselves uh, doing such a thing. So this uh, Daf I and Aleph concludes with this discussion, this introduction and discussion of Priya, of Avraham receiving the mitzvah of Mila Yehoshua, receiving the, uh, the instructions of Priya, and all of these uh, discussions and uh, conversations about the, uh, the entire process of Mila being Docha Shabbos and uh, all of the aspects of Mila going ahead and being Docha Shabbos. And as the Gemara goes on to, uh, to Dafayin Beis, so the Gemara is going to continue with conversations uh, about Priya, but Dafayin Aleph goes through uh, so much of the, uh, of the world of uh, Ha'arel, which is, like we said, the title of our parak, beginning with the uh the main conversations with regards to uh with regards to all of the people that are not going to be able to eat truma ultimately going into this uh this discussion of uh the connection between Korban Pesach and uh and uh Mila and Tvila and uh Achilles Truma and those types of things into Hatafas Dambris that we discussed and uh, into this concept of Mila being Docha Shabbos which is that the conclusion of Daf Ayin Aleph uh, Amud Beis, and uh, that rounds up this week's Daf Hashavua. Pesach Sivamos Daf Ainalf.